This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. couldn't do it. I just could not do it. I could not let you guys down. I could not do it. Not two weeks in a row. This is my second podcast I'm I'm recording today. My second one. I recorded the one earlier, edited it, published it, promoted it, then hopped right back on, did my research for this DFS episode. And guess what? I'm going to get it out to you guys by tomorrow so you have some information. I have to work a little bit early, so I have to record on Friday instead of Saturday, but I'm doing it for you guys. I'm doing it, and I'm doing it hard. I'm doing it real hard. In fact, I had this huge spiel, this huge thing all set up about how you have to play Chris Godwin. You don't have to play Mike Evans. You don't have to play Cameron Bright because O.J. Howard's out, and you don't have to play Jameis Winston, but you have to play Chris Godwin. You just have to play him. I mean, he's up against Logan Ryan. I talked about in the episode that I recorded earlier today. He's going to literally destroy, absolutely destroy the Tennessee Titans. And then I'm going through, and the way that I line up my DFS is I go through and I look at stacks, and I look at who you can play, and who's going to be really going off. And, you know, I'm sitting there as I'm going through it, and I was like, shit, man, there's really not too many teams that you can stack a running back with a cheap defense. Like, they're just not out there this week. Like, I was thinking about, you know, trying to do something along the lines of Christian McCaffrey and the Carolina Panthers. But no, I'm not going to be playing Christian McCaffrey this week. He's too expensive. And he's up against the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I was looking everywhere. I was like, well, what about Marlon Mack and the, and the Indianapolis Colts? And then I saw that Marlon Mack and the Indianapolis Colts just aren't that great of a stack when it comes to defenses. I mean, they were probably the most viable one if you want to stack one and still get a cheap defense. But, I mean, they're just not out there. So as I'm going through my stacks, I finish off my stacks for my quarterbacks, for my running backs, for my defenses, and then I'm going into my values, right? So I'm talking about the values, the people that you're going to save money on. And I go through running backs, and this week I had, what, four in the $6,000 range and five in the $5,000 range and two in the $4,000 range. Then I come up to wide receivers, and holy shit, holy shit, there's like 20 different receivers this week that are great, great options. So everything that I was about to tell you guys about Chris Godwin, you can throw in the trash. I mean, you still want, might want to have a lineup with them in there. But when it comes to most of your lineups this week, guys, you are going to pay up for the running backs that you love. And you're going to pay up for the defensive stacks with those guys as well. So yeah, yeah, you play the Seattle Seahawks and Chris Carson up against the Atlanta Falcons. You are playing that stack. I don't care if it's the third most expensive defense. This is not the week to pivot down and to pay less for your defenses. I've done it other weeks, but this week is not the week to do it. 
You were going to pay up for the 49ers defense. You were going to pay up for the Indianapolis Colts defense. You're going to pay up for the Seattle Seahawks. You're going to pay up for the Tennessee Titans and the potential turnovers. Don't worry about it because you're going to be able to save money in the wide receiver area. It's insane. Insane. I mean, for example, when Shanahan was asked if Emmanuel Sanders is going to play this week, he's like, yeah, he's going to play. And he's going to play a lot. Emmanuel Sanders up against the Carolina Panthers is only 5,400. That's it. 5,400. Deshaun Hamilton, who was going to get targets up against an Indianapolis defense. Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback, but he's going to have to pass because they're going to be losing. Deshaun Hamilton is only 4,800. John Brown up against Philly is 5,900. Like, there are player values all the way from 4K up until the 5,900 range. And you can play those guys and play your big-time running backs. Play Saquon Barkley. It's okay. Play Leonard Fournette. It's all right to pay up for those guys this week. It's okay. With that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get started on our stacks. Going to go through a few different players and who has advantageous matchups. I'm going to start out with Josh Allen and John Brown like I was just talking about. And this could be extremely, extremely, extremely high-producing stack. I mean, Philly up against running quarterbacks. Rodgers got 46 yards on five attempts. And Dak Prescott got 30 yards and a touchdown on five attempts. Josh Allen is going to crush that this week. The Philadelphia defense in five out of seven games were giving up 22 points or more to the quarterback. You have to play Josh Allen in the lineup, and you have to stack him with John Brown. There's no question. Up against the Philadelphia Eagles, this is non-point PPR. F1 put up 18 points. Julio Jones put up 22. Ridley put up 16. Marvin Jones put up 16. Devontae Adams, 18. Stephon Diggs, that big game, 35 points. Mari Cooper got 10 points in on-point PPR, but they only targeted wide receivers in that game 13 times. They didn't have to pass. You are playing. You are playing John Brown this week along with Josh Allen in at least one of your lineups. We're going to our next stack, and we're going to talk about Tannenhill. And Tannenhill is obviously the MVP of the NFL, but they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers have allowed four out of six weeks of over 20 points, and then they also allowed two ginormous weeks in points to the quarterback. You're going to play Ryan Tannehill in a matchup. He had over 20 points last week, and he's extremely cheap. I'll go over that in a second. When you look at John New Smith, you've got to play him. He's probably my number one most played tight end this week. He's extremely cheap. Four out of six games with over 19 points in PPR is what the, ten, is what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are allowing to the tight end. Jonu Smith could have a monster, monster week this week. And then you're going to stack him with either A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, or Adam Humphreys. I would give them all the shot individually in a very similar lineup. A.J. Brown obviously has big play potential. Corey Davis, who plays about 20% of the snaps in the slot, could probably have the best week out of any one of those guys. And I'm not even a Corey Davis fan. Every single week, the best receiver up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is coming in the slot. So Adam Humphreys is viable as well this week. Obviously, he is their slot receiver, but Corey Davis does slide in there from time to time. So look for Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys to be extremely, extremely reliable in cash games. But I'm playing Corey Davis in tournaments all over the place. And A.J. Brown, I'm going to be playing as well. Here's the thing. 
I know that I said all slot receivers are the ones that are getting the most amount of points, but all those slot receivers are actually starting wide receivers. Somebody like Michael Thomas, who slides into the slot and is the big slot man on a lot of plays. So it's still their primary receiver. So I think that A.J. Brown still has huge potential to put up big points. But it's primarily that outside guy that does play in the slot from time to time, which is why I like Corey Davis this week more than A.J. Brown. You also have to consider playing their defense up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can't do the stack. You cannot do the, uh, the Derrick Henry and Tennessee Titans stack, but you can play the Tennessee Titans defense. Obviously, Jamin Winston is an absolute machine when it comes to throwing interceptions. And hopefully they ended up fixing that for Jameis Winston's sake and Chris Godwin owners this week. However, I still think that the Tennessee Titans are a legitimate defense and you can play them this week. They're really good up against wide receivers and they're not bad up against running backs as well. We're going to look at the Lions game next. And Daniel Jones, believe it or not, is actually a potential play this week. I know he's not been very good since his breakout game, the first game he played. But the Lions have allowed four to six games to get 20 plus points. And they just gave up 37 points to Cousins. Don't forget, Quadrant Diggs just got traded. That defense is not happy with the team right now. They are not happy. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, Daniel Jones could end up having a huge game, especially with their focus on Saquon Barkley. And we'll get to that in a second. But first off, when the QB rushes four-plus times, that happened twice this year. And they gave up 33 yards and 54 yards against them. Daniel Jones is averaging almost four carries per game, and he has two touchdowns in those five game, in a five-game stretch. So if Daniel Jones starts using his feet and they start blitzing, I think Daniel Jones can definitely pick up some significant yardage on the ground. In fact, it could be his biggest game on the ground so far this season. Don't forget, it is Golden Tate's revenge game, and he has been seeing the opportunity from Daniel Jones. I believe that Sterling, Shepard's might, I believe that Sterling Shepard might still be out this week. Keep an eye on Ingram, though. The Lions actually have been really, really solid up against the tight end up until last week. However, the only real tight end they played is actually Zach Ertz. So, I believe there is tremendous, tremendous potential for Golden Tate opportunities. So, I'd definitely be interested in looking at a stack of Daniel Jones, Golden Tate, and Saquon Barkley. The biggest thing with Saquon Barkley, the Lions are absolutely brutal up against pass-catching running backs. The least amount that they've allowed to a pass-catching running back when it comes to PPR leagues is 18 to Darrell Williams, who's the third-string running back for the Chiefs. McCoy still ended up putting up 16 right behind him. This is how much the running backs combined for each team put up each week up against the Lions. 25, 31, 22, 34, 31, and 37 fantasy points. Saquon Barkley is going to be a monster this week. I think they're going to limit Evan Ingram, but Golden Tate, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, put it in the books. It's a stack. Over to the Lions side. I think this is another stack potential. We have the Giants, who allow the quarterback five out of seven weeks to put up 20-plus points. They also have two weeks of 31-plus points. So Matthew Stafford is a definite play for me this week in definitely a few tournament lineups and in cash games. The Daniel Jones one was just tournament. Don't play that in cash. The Matthew Stafford one you can play in cash or tournament games. The weirdest thing is this actual stack when it comes to Stafford and his wide receivers because the fact that the New York Giants have actually been good up against deep threats. 
I mean, the only guy that actually put up some significant fantasy points against them was Isaiah McKenzie. So I think that Kenny Galladay this week is going to have a monster, monster week. Do not forget to put Kenny Galladay in a lot of your lineups. Stafford, Kenny Galladay, stack. Do it all day, every day. Take it to the bank. Marvin Jones Jr., however, you might want to put him on hold. Amendola could be a little bit interesting when it comes to PPR, but I don't know if he actually goes off and puts up significant amount of fantasy points. He's not even really a red zone option, so I don't even know if he gets the touchdowns. However, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, lock it in. Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick, you can take a shot on them. They are both extremely cheap, and it's going to be interesting how we see this snap share split up. Started out with Ty Johnson, and then once the lines went down, it switched over to J.D. McKissick last week up against the Minnesota Vikings. For this matchup, they're obviously not going to be down, or at least I don't think they're going to be down. So I think Ty Johnson will mainly be the primary back, and I think he's only like 5,000 on FanDuel. So Ty Johnson, I think, is the start for me over J.D. McKissick, but if you want to take a flyer, wouldn't be mad at it. Defense. You can start their defense and feel okay about it. Daniel Jones is number one in dangerous plays and number two in interceptable passes. Yes, that's right. Daniel Jones overtook Jared Goff. As the number one ranked player in dangerous plays. Yeah, so with Darius Slay out there, I mean, this defense could be dangerous up against Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I would definitely consider playing that defense. You could stack it with Ty Johnson, but that's definitely a flyer move. I feel like I don't need to, to cover the whole Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. Can he still stack? Just because, I mean, it's kind of common sense. We obviously just saw five touchdowns put up with Aaron Rodgers up against him. I mean, this could be an insane game for Deshaun Watson, Kenny Stills, and DeAndre Hopkins stack, but I'm going to go over it briefly. Oakland is terrible against deep passes. They have the most 20-plus yard completions allowed, and they're tied for third with 40-plus yard completions. The Oakland Raiders also just traded Conley away, which was the, one of their top cornerbacks. Now, does that help them out? I'm not too sure about it. Obviously, they didn't see eye to eye, but I think that there's a ton, a ton of upside with Kenny Stills and Deshaun Watson. I'm playing them both in a lot of lineups. I talked about how there's so many cheap wide receivers that I'd rather spend my money on running backs. However, if it ends up working out, I would allow, I would allow Nuke Hopkins to be in my lineup as well. But I'm not going to force Nuke Hopkins into my lineup if I really like my running backs. There's just too many cheap options. Go that route instead. So I was going to say that the Derek Carr stack could be possible. And this is more of a contrarian play because of the fact that Derek Carr, I don't think has put up a single game of over 20 points, but he hasn't really had any wide receivers. He should have Zay Jones back. He should have Tyrell Williams back. And I'm only saying this because Houston, six out of seven games, has allowed at least 17 points. He's, they've allowed three games of over 30 points to the quarterback. So, I know that it's a weird matchup, but Derek Carr does have some potential here. Tyrell Williams is interesting. Obviously, it's going to be a shootout. And they give up points to those blazing downfield wide receivers. And then Zay Jones coming back. Obviously, Houston doesn't have much film on him. So, how are they going to prepare for Zay Jones? I just think that it could be very, very interesting. On the tight end side, however, they've actually been really, really good up against tight ends. So, Darren Waller, although he could be an option because of volume, purely volume, I don't know if I'm going to consider him a stack because of how expensive he is. I mean, I'd much rather have somebody like Austin Hooper or somebody along those lines when it comes to value. Russell Wilson, this is one of the easiest calls I've ever made, is up against the Falcons. The Falcons, 
Six out of seven games so far this season have allowed 20-plus points versus mobile quarterbacks. They've allowed 29 points, 34 points, and 51 points. So Russell Wilson is definitely, definitely an option, even with how expensive he is. Lockett, you have to start him if you're starting Russell Wilson. But DK Metcalf is an option as well. And DK Metcalf is a little bit exp more expensive than I thought he'd be. He's sitting there at 6,600, but he has that big play potential. If you don't like DK Metcalf or he's too expensive for you, take a look at Brown. He's way cheaper. I'll cover that in a second, but that could be a potential stack as well. But back over to DK Metcalf and what we're talking about, Nelson Aguilar, who played the deep threat that game, ended up getting 107 yards and one touchdown. Pascal, who played the outside receiver, two receptions, 53 yards, one touchdown. A.J. Brown, three receptions, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Will Fuller, 14 receptions, 217 yards, three touchdowns. Demir Bird and Sherfield, three catches for 98 yards. They are allowing deep passes to be thrown all over them in Atlanta. You are playing DK Metcalf or Brown in a lot of different matchups this week. I could see him going off. This could be his breakout game. DK Metcalf is definitely on my list. Chris Carson and the Seattle Seahawks defense are obviously a big-time stack for me. If you go back to yesterday's episode, go back, give it a listen. I go in depth on it. I give you all the details. I'm not going to do it again right now. Just go back to yesterday's episode and listen in. But that is my favorite defensive play this week and my favorite running back defense stack. The only startable two players on the Atlanta Falcons this week for me are going to be Hooper and potentially Julio Jones. However, is Julio Jones going to have the time to be able to create space and get downfield? I know they use him a lot in the screen game as well, so that's why he's viable for me. But I'm not paying up for him. He's too expensive, and there are too many cheap players, like I've said before, that you can play instead of Julio Jones. When it comes to Austin Hooper, I am playing Austin Hooper in a lot of different lineups this week up against the Seattle Seahawks. They are not good up against the tight end. Austin Hooper is a safe place, even at his price. Play those cheap wide receivers. Just a quick other few stacks that I'm looking at. I'm not going to go into too much detail. The Jared Goff and Brandon Cook stack. Go back, listen to yesterday's episode. I talk a lot about it. I talk about how Cooper Cup might not even be a startable option this week, but Brandon Cooks is a must, must play. The Jared Goff, Brandon Cook stack is a thing, and you can even stack Gerald Everett on top of that, who saw an insane amount of targets this past week. Kyler Murray, go listen to yesterday's episode. You're playing Kyler Murray along with Christian Kirk if he plays or Larry Fitzgerald. They give up a ton of work in the slot. I go into detail on it in yesterday's episode. It's very easy. Listen, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson or Demarius Thomas. Hayden's been good in the slot. I don't know if Jamison Crowder is going to see the same amount of volume that we've seen over the past three games with Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson and Demarius Thomas, though, could be a very sneaky, sneaky contrarian play. And I don't know who, how many people are going to be on, on Sam Darnold. So that could be a million-dollar winner lineup right there. Another contrarian play for you. We have Rivers, along with Keenan Allen and the Hunter Henry stack. Chicago has not been great so far this year. I know that it's a bad offensive line up against Rivers, which is why it's going to scare people away from playing Phillip Rivers. But Phillip Rivers has had phenomenal weeks so far. It's just inconsistent. This week, if he can get out of his hands quick, I think that Phillip Rivers could end up producing a ton. Just feed Keenan Allen and feed Hunter Henry the ball. That's going to wrap it up for our stacks on stacks, guys. We're going to go into our values now. And... Once again, the wide receiver one is kind of long, but I'm going to try and get through it as quickly and efficiently as possible without boring the shit out of you guys. But we're going to start out with the quarterbacks. And Drew Brees, if he plays, 
He's up against Arizona, and he's going to be 7,200. You'd play Drew Brees if he plays. Kyler Murray up against New Orleans, so the opposite end of the spectrum. He had a bad week last week of scaring people off of this. Not very high ownership, but Kyler Murray at 7,400 is still a bargain. He could definitely be a top three quarterback this week. On to running backs. In the $6,000 range, if you're looking for running backs in the $6,000 range, you have Marlon Mack, 6,800 versus Denver. You have Austin Eckler, 6,800 versus Chicago. You have Latavius Murray, 6,200 versus Arizona. And you have Chase Edmonds, 6,100 versus New Orleans. Would be a contrarian play for sure. I probably wouldn't play Chase Edmonds, but these are players that I would play in the $6,000 range. On to the $5,000 range. I love Royce Freeman here, and I love Montgomery here. Royce Freeman is 5,700 up against Indianapolis. And Montgomery, whoo, they're going to run the shit out of the ball this week. Matt Nagy is all about it. He is 5,700. 5,700 this upcoming week. J.D. McKissick, 5,400. He's an option. Ty Johnson is actually cheaper than, than J.D. McKissick at 5,200. So Ty Johnson is definitely an option to play if you want to go wide receiver heavy. Jalen Richard, if Josh Jacobs is out, he's up against Houston this week. He's 5,000. On to the $4,000 range, we only have two guys. We have Hillard who is the receiving back for the Cleveland Browns. He's up against New England. They're going to have to pass most likely. So look for Hilliard to get some work later in the game at only 4,800. That's 300 more than the bottom line. When it comes to DeAndre Washington, that's also a potential replacement for Josh Jacobs. So if Josh Jacobs is out, DeAndre Washington is 4,500. That could, be, that could end up being a free square right there. He could be the lead running back while Jalen Richard still just plays the passing downs. But I like Jalen Richard a little bit more. He's 500 more, but there's a good chance, like I said, this turns into a shootout and Jalen Richard gets the work. On to the $6,000 wide receivers. This is tough. There's a lot of them. But we're going to start out with $6,000 range, and we have Cooks. We have Brandon Cooks, who I just talked about, up against Cincinnati at 6,900. Kenny Galladay needs to be in your lineups at 6,700 up against the Giants. My prediction is that he has one of the best weeks of any wide receiver in the NFL. Play Kenny Galladay. DK Metcalf up against Atlanta. He's 6,600. He has the least amount of points per game out of any wide receiver that's 6,300 or more. So like I said, that definitely scares me a little bit, but he has that upside, that scoring potential, which is why he's priced up. If you're taking it, you're taking it hoping that he ends up producing way more than what he's produced so far this year. People have started to get scared over playing Shark. I mean, the past few weeks, he has not really produced at a high-end level. However, he has the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. I could see him blowing up. He's only 6,200. This is Golden Tate's Revenge Games. We talked about it. He's up against Detroit at 6,100. And Cortland Sutton, with Emmanuel Sanders being gone, could be huge up against Indianapolis at 6,000. 5,000. This is the big one. This is the big gap. Once we get through this, guys, it should be close to being over. So try and keep up with me because we have John Brown at Philly. He's a lock. Tyrell Williams at Houston, close to a lock. Didi Westbrook, who has been competing with DJ Shark for targets. He's up against the Jets at 5,800. This past three weeks, he's had nine targets, eight targets, and 11 targets. Didi Westbrook could definitely end up being a league winner this week. Kenny Stills, one that everybody is talking about. He should have some really high ownership this week because everybody is pounding the table for Kenny Stills. So in cash games, I think he's safe. He's up against Houston for 5,700. In tournaments, you might as well take a shot on him in a couple different lineups, especially the ones that you have Deshaun Watson in. 
Mike Williams up against Chicago. He's due for a touchdown, 5,700. Zach Pascal up against Denver, 5,700. Obviously, Chris Harris is going to be paying a ton, a ton of attention to T.Y. Hilton. So Zach Pascal is an option. Philip Dorsett up against Cleveland. This is a very cheap option, and I don't really see Mohamed Sanu taking very many snaps away from Philip Dorsett. I think that he still could get some in there. He, either way, he does have play, big play potential, and the Cleveland secondary is very beat up, 5,600. Tyler Boyd up against the Rams at 5,600. Ramsey does not line up in the slot almost ever. Tyler Boyd, as long as he's in the slot, should be immune to a Ramsey matchup. My four favorite plays, we have Christian Kirk, if he does play up against New Orleans for 5,500. He's up in the slot. Obviously, we talked about in yesterday's episode. If you want to get some details on that, just go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are both 5,500 up against Tampa Bay. I think both those guys are playable, startable. I think that they are definitely options for you. You can play these guys. Ryan Tannehill has your back. I promise. He has your back. He'll tuck you in at night, too. Emmanuel Sanders. Up against Carolina, we already talked about it. He's going to play, and he's going to play a lot, is what Shanahan said. He's up against Carolina. All four of these guys are major, major plays for me. The biggest question mark in the $5,000 range is Ridley with Muhammad Sanu leaving. He's at 5,400 up against Seattle. Obviously, they're going to play a ton of attention to the tight end and Julio Jones. So does Ridley get some back-end work? I think it's definitely possible. He's a flyer play for me. Larry Fitzgerald, like the same thing I said about Christian Kirk. Huge play for me. New Orleans, 5,400. He's even bigger if Christian Kirk does not play. Jerron Brown, the option if DK Metcalf is too expensive. Don't go cheap on your other positions. You can play Jerron Brown and hope for a big play at 5,100 up against Atlanta. Big contrarian play to Kenny Stills is Kiki Kuti. He's up against Oakland, and he's only 5,100. Kiki Kuti is an option for me up against Oakland. I think I'm going to play him in definitely a few different Deshaun Watson stacks. Demarius Thomas, another contrarian play. This is on to the $4,000 range. He's another contrarian play. He had eight targets last week. Deshaun Hamilton with Emmanuel Sanders leaving town should see an increase in snaps, although I don't think that he has the complete confidence of his coaching staff yet. They want to see more out of him, but still, he's only 4,800. Deshaun Hamilton could be a big-time cheap flyer. Zay Jones up against Houston. He's going to play this week is what I'm hearing out of Oakland. They're saying that he should play, and he should offer some relief for Derek Carr. Plus, they don't have any film on him. Zay Jones could end up being a huge play this week. Don't forget about last season, how he finished up last season just crushing it, having multiple games as even a wide receiver one. Isaiah McKenzie is also another flyer. He's only 4,500. He's the bottom line, bottom of the barrel guy right there with Zay Jones. I believe that he could be a league winner this week. He has 4-4-2 speed, and these guys are watching out for John Brown. Watch out for Isaiah McKenzie or Robert Foster. It could even be Robert Foster, to be honest with you. But watch out for either one of those guys to sneak behind the secondary and get some big plays off Josh Allen. I'm going to be playing Josh Allen with the stack of either one of these guys in a few different lineups. On to the tight end position, and tight end is extremely, extremely similar to the defense situation to where... I'd rather play cheaper wide receivers this week because there are so many and spend up on the tight end position and the defenses. But we're going to go ahead and start out with tight end first. And tight end, I mean, I'd rather, much rather play Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett. Those guys are the guys that I would want to play this week. Even Ebron, 
who's 5400 isn't a bad option. But if you want to go cheaper and you're trying to find, you know, that, that secret sauce, that secret cheaper guy, Cameron Brait at 5200 isn't bad. Obviously, OJ Howard's going to be out, so Cameron Brait does have some potential. Then you end up having Josh Hill, who scored last week in relief of Jared Cook. So if Jared Cook is out, you can play Josh Hill at 5000 My favorite one, though, the one that I played the most of, I have this guy everywhere, all over a bunch of different teams, especially teams that I stacked Tannenhill with. Jonu Smith at 4900 He has big games every once in a while. This could be it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 31st. We know it's going to be a shootout. I'm playing Jonu Smith in a lot, a lot of different matchups. On to the defenses, and the defenses, like I said, I'd much rather pay for the upside of the Rams or the New England Patriots or the Seattle Seahawks, even the Colts up against Denver and the terrible Joe Flacco offense. San Francisco up against Carolina and Kyle Allen. I mean, that defensive line could end up getting after that kid. Carolina's coming off a bye, but still. The Tennessee Titans up against Tampa Bay, we talked about that earlier, how obviously Jameis Winston is an interception machine. The Chicago Bears, who could end up putting pressure on Phillip Rivers and forcing him into another multiple interception game. The Detroit Lions up against Daniel Jones, which we talked about earlier. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars up against the Jets. The Saints up against Arizona. I mean, there are so many different options here that you could play. The Houston Texans up against Oakland, which would be more of a hit or miss, like you're hoping for interceptions on that one because they can get beat deep, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Buffalo Bills up against Philly. Even the other side of that, the Chargers up against Chicago. All these teams are above 4,000, so the more expensive ones. The motion go is five grand. These guys are all over four. After the $4,000 line, it starts to get a little bit questionable. Like, I don't want to play the Jets defense up against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been good, and Leonard Fournette could run all over them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tennessee. I, I don't see good things happening unless they adjusted their defense. The Arizona Cardinals, though, this is one of my favorite cheaper plays. The Arizona Cardinals up against New Orleans could be insane. I talked about it in Tuesday's episode. Go back and listen to it. Chandler Jones, Suggs, Peterson, just go back and listen to it. It's worth the listen. It's in the stacks on stacks on stacks section. I love, I love playing this as a flyer defense. The Carolina Panthers up against San Francisco is very similar as well. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense pass less than almost any other team in the NFL. I think they're like 29th overall ranked in pass attempts per game. However, Jimmy Garoppolo is like 10th in interceptable passes and 14th in dangerous plays. How are you barely passing, but you're in the top 10 when it comes to passes that can be intercepted? That's not good. That can end up resulting in some big plays for the Carolina Panthers, who could end up shutting down George Kittle. They could shut down George Kittle with Luke Kuechly. We have to see what happens. But I really like this potential defensive flyer. The only other team that I would consider playing in this would be the Oakland Raiders up against Houston, which you're hoping for a pick six or multiple pick sixes because they're going to be passing so much. Woo! That is going to finish it up for me, guys, in this DFS episode. Let me see your lineups. Let me see your screenshots. Let me know if I missed anybody. We're available for you guys anytime, any day. Fantasy football discussion. I want to hear more questions out of you guys. I want to hear some noise. If you guys want to follow us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. 
If you guys want to listen to us on any other platforms, we're available on, on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox. Check us out, Fantasy Intervention. If you guys have a broken phone, go fix it up at the iPhone Repair Store in Virginia Beach off Birdneck Road. They'll give you 10% off your repair if you say Fantasy Intervention sent you. Thank you guys once again for listening, and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. That's how you bang a podcast.